the you know how everyone's saying that oh well uh i remember i was talking to a friend of mine about uh home theaters and and stereo systems and everything saying well yeah one controller's fine but why why have a controller when i could just program my ipad uh, my iphone to or ipad to do the control the controlling of the house that's where control 4 comes in actually control 4 is literally an ipad it's a virtual it's it's a it's a virtual interface with every device in your house like just take a moment to let that sink in. I don't think anyone really appreciates it. This is fucking future tech. This is really the future. So they can actually put like your TV, your PlayStation, your Blu-ray. Your- if it sends out a signal, it can be integrated into this device, and it looks badass too. It, it actually looks like something out of the future. Like it looks like something Bill Gates would own. Did you know that Bill Gates actually has paintings that they change when you go into a room? They're, they've, they're like display changing like windows where like it'll go like halfway through a change and then the air comes down. up and then it'll be like loading yeah but this <laughs> this uh, control 4 won't do that actually um. <laughs> <laughs> you know who gives you control 4 sound obsessions yeah, and you know how everyone's like, it, it, like it literally. Look, look at this. I'm looking at the ad right now. <laughs> look, 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 we're on a podcast, but look at this shit. No, no, it, it, it literally can control your iPad as well. Like it, it integrates into all your devices. Yeah. And uh, when I say all your devices, I don't just mean entertainment devices. There's people that have um, automated uh, temperature controls in their house, and they you can control your the house's temperature. You could be, you know, it's like, oh, could you turn on the heat? Or you know, your kids or your your roommates are playing with the, you know, it's like, oh man, the heat heating bill is so high. Because because they keep playing with the thermostat. You can remotely <laughs> control the thermostat and lock it in place. Right from your iPhone, iPad. Yeah. And, it, like, I mean, and it's, uh, you know, for enterprise-level businesses, it can actually even do um, HVAC-type stuff, too. Yeah. Isn't that that's, amazing? That's pretty incredible. Like, you know, like when we're looking at all this C4 smart home stuff. That it actually is, does security systems, too. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. And it is. And it's stuff that all provided by Sound Obsessions. But when I start looking at this kind of stuff, you know what I think? No, it's just a really phenomenal system. I, I, you know what? This is, this is uh, the system that's going to be taking over for houses in the future. Because the truth of the matter is, if, if you're living in a new house now, a lot of houses now have central computers. Like, you go into your house and your security system, your temperature system, and even your sound systems can be controlled through um, panels at the right at the entrance of your door or, uh, or, or uh, uh, I guess, workstations around your house. In fact, they've got uh, phones that are the same way. This system is, you know, you, you, you might not live in the future house, but you can have the comforts of a future house with this system. In your old piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> you can be living in a trailer, but your house could be your oh. best friend. <laughs> the uh, but definitely this C4 smart home it, it's an absolutely incredible piece of technology uh, home automation uh, they can integrate pretty much any aspect of your house and it's all provided by Sound Obsessions you guys got to give these guys a call or hit them up with an email uh, sales at soundobsessions.ca remember uh, t- um, technology's first first uh, directive of any te- technological advance should be that. It should be easy to use. If something isn't easy to use, it's not worth having. If you have five controllers at home, what are you doing? You're wasting precious time. You could be masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> Took you a second to catch on on that one, didn't it? Well, yeah, it did. Uh, so literally, it's as simple as automating your main TV, or you can do a whole magnitude of everything to control, control every aspect of your house. Uh, lights, audio, video, blinds, HVAC, the whole nine yards. Uh, these guys are good shit. And you know what? I, I guarantee you that that will en- enhance the resale value of, of your house. Speaking of Fort McMurray type people, that they're constantly moving, right? They're oh, exactly. But even better, like if you're building a house, get these guys in on on the ground level. They can 
they can do wonders if they just have access to like a, a fresh house and like like you know what I mean. There's no modifications that need to be made to ceilings or anything. Get them in while you're building your shit, and fuck, they can do wonders. So definitely sound obsessions. They're on Facebook now, so search fa- uh, sound Control obsessions four. on Facebook. Control for your family. <laughs> <laughs> and also check them out on Twitter at Sound Obsessions. Uh, you'll see them in our stream. They're great guys, and uh, you know what? Uh, we're, uh, we've got a lot of things coming up with them. Uh, definitely, yes. Yeah. So give them a call 780-743-9399 or send them an email because that's all we do nowadays. Lose the personal touch and send them an email at sales at soundobsessions.ca. Tell them what you need, and they'll be able to help you the whole rest of the way. Don't be afraid of technology. Embrace automate, it. automate that house. Yep. Want to hear more of Totsky's infamous nonsense ranting? How about Tito's smooth and sensible debates? Well, now you can listen to the Wood Buffalo discussions live on your mobile phone or device with Stitcher, the mobile app that allows you to listen to this and other great podcasts, news radio shows, or live streams all from the comfort of your hand. With Stitcher, you can listen to your favorite radio programs and podcasts anytime, anywhere you want. You can choose from the latest in news, sports, talk, business, and entertainment from the media industry's premier content providers. It's the easiest way to stay connected to the world while on the go. The latest episode of YMM Podcast is always available for you. No syncing needed and no memory or storage wasted. Available for the iPhone, iPad, Palm Pre, Android device, and BlackBerry. Downloading is easy. Go to Stitcher.com or wherever you download your favorite apps on your mobile device. Stitcher and the YMM Podcast. The smarter way to listen to the issues of the Great White North. Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. Gentlemen, welcome to the YMM Podcast. I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. Welcome to episode 26. Um, we've been pretty busy, hey? Actually, it's been a wild fucking couple of weeks. It's crazy because we haven't had an event since Film Fair. We, we're not planning anything for December, but it's insanely busy. Like, um, What's so busy, though? I think. Well, well Hyperphotonic Media, yeah. I've been insanely busy with that yeah. stuff. I know you've been busy with your schedule. Mm. So, and uh, But no, uh, I mean, Hyperphotonic Media, um, Nighthawks is uh, actually this, this uh, Saturday, uh, Playing With Toys is going to be in New Bedford as the for its final screening. Uh, Nighthawks is uh, screened this past uh, Sunday as part of the uh, AIFF in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Do we hear Arbor, anything about what what's going on or what's happening? Like, do you well, they showed feedback? some. Pi- there's some pictures on the website of like the filmmakers that showed up for it, and uh, like a bunch of geeks. Or what? Well, they already announced <laughs> the winners before the screenings. Remember? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. That's so right too. I mean, we we That's technically oh, it, no, no, it's not. It's um. Well, the weird thing was how I was trying to figure out the the award stuff on that is yeah. uh, Charles Gall won Best Supporting Actor for their 
uh, was it March or May? May, May selections. May. May selections of 2011, which I'm very proud of because uh, I think he did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. He, the, um, a, everything that's on that screen that, that is phenomenal about Charles in that movie is all him. He brought that character to life, right? So I, like, I have, I, I'm infinitely grateful for it. We also won Best Short for the May 2011 Which selections. Which is definitely congratulations yeah, no, it, it was, order there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's, it's great <laughs> to get uh, recognition for your work. But as of December the 1st, um, uh, Nighthawks will officially uh, be online. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about that just because of like the fact that like Nighthawks, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a much – it's older now, right, in yeah. terms of my bodies of work. And technically speaking, I, I feel I've become stronger as a writer as well as a filmmaker from it. And it's because of it, right? Like the thing is I, I'm very proud of the film itself. I you know, I told the story I wanted to tell. Yeah. Everyone involved did a phenomenal job. I can't thank all of them enough. They all, you know, they went above and beyond what I expected the crew to do and, you know, very professional. And, well, I, and, and I'm looking to work with that crew again, right, for the next project. You I'm, know my philosophy on, so. on it, like I've told you millions of times. You're right. I think it looks fabulous. I think, it, to me, I think you you wrote excellent. Like, uh, and I've always been one to credit. Like, Charles Gall did excellent, but he was reading your lines. And that one thing that he says in the trailer was absolutely fucking incredible. Now, he does put a spin on it, and he does make it for what it is. But that's a really good fucking line you wrote, man. Like which one? The uh, some uh, some people don't know what they're looking right at. I can't remember <laughs> it off. It's funny because uh, uh, <laughs> it's funny how it's funny some people. I didn't really write no, that no, time. no. I wrote that line, <laughs> but on the set, um, our one of our camera ops, our uh, he he was our uh, yeah he was uh, our main camera op, Alex uh, Mitchell. He thought the line was funny because he thought it sounded awkward. So because it's you know how how some people look but never see. Yeah, like that's that's the line, that's right? It's pretty good. Yeah, how, yeah, and and. Uh, uh, he he thought he, like I mean he was chuckling to himself when he was reading the script. He's like, "Who wrote this?" And I'm like, "I I did." He's like, "Oh," and then we we just had a little bit of it. Just and I mean, yeah. it's a corny well, line. Obviously. It's it's a it's well, a corny movie in a sense, right? Because really, I put a lot of myself in it, right? Yeah. And and that's kind of douchey if if you look at it that way. But the thing is, you have to get that get out past, right. If you get past the fucking corniness, it, it, I'll, I'll something that I've always thought too. Like once you get past the lameness of something, like the corniness of something, yeah, yeah. you actually have something of substance. Yeah, like the fucking flowers or, or a balloon or something for someone in the hospital. Like you get past. Yeah, no, that and, 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 and I and I feel and I care. feel that's important. Like if you get pa- if you able to put that up front, you can also grow because yeah. you put it up for criticism. And you know, um, as much as criticism can sting, mm. it's you know from the right sources sometimes it's very constructive and and the constructive criticism both during and after the process of Nighthawks really helped me grow as a filmmaker and I can't thank the those that provided and I'm I'm referring to those that provided constructive criticism right (laughs) (laughs) but uh we fucking suck yeah exactly hello and I mean you know Sometimes you just can't please people. Some people, some people just they they either don't like the movie or they just don't like the person, right? Yeah. And that'll predispose them for anything. Oh, hell yeah. And I'm not saying the movie's great, but I am proud of it, and I hope people enjoy it for what yeah. it is, right? It's funny though because you're talking about like the movie making and what mm-hmm. like, and I was actually referring to real life. Like it's just the way that we both look at movies differently, right? Like mm. you got the technical mind where you're like, "Well, this shot wrong, the way this was written, blah 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 blah." I actually look at it like Edward uh, was a real person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if someone actually said that to me in a bar, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't catch up on it, and, and it's fucking true, like how literally you can see well, something for biggest, what it really and, and, and miss completely. What yeah, and people are going to comment on this when they watch it. But like, the thing is, a lot of people—I uh, uh, forget who—I think it was like John that mentioned. He was like, "So when does the time machine get introduced?" Because it's 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 written in such a manner where you you really feel that Edward 
is uh, Edward is uh, what's it called? Elliot from the future. <laughs> Not bad. I never thought of it like yeah, that. And, and it was like, the one thing that could have uh, used a sci-fi spin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Doc Brown shows up, like you know, instead of him walking, he just beams. Yeah, <laughs> the ending as it is, I'm not going to try to spoil it. But at uh, the end, where he's just he's standing there, it's yeah. all of a sudden like the DeLorean comes up. <laughs> we got to go back. We got to do something about your kids, <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You gotta get back together. <laughs> oh, I should I should do that. <laughs> well, a total night. Apparently, there's a, there's a guy that owns a DeLorean in Edmonton. Oh, uh, I remember because uh, some friends of mine, uh, some friends of mine were were gonna produce make a movie, and they were looking, and they're like, "There's a guy that the, he rents out his DeLorean for movies because there, you know, how many people would love to have the DeLorean?" I'm just in the thinking movie? about fucking need a grant to get Christopher Lloyd to do a cameo. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I have a friend that's worked with Christopher Lloyd in a manner of speaking. So, fuck, that'd be funny as shit. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I've, been, Hawks, I've been busy December with 1st. that, and I've been busy with uh, the new short that you were you are in, as well as Misty's in, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's just been pretty hectic, right? So, uh, yeah, and some other stuff from work and all that. So, but it's been as busy as it has been. Like, there's been a lot of shit that's been going on in the world. Yes, right, like whatever. But I want to talk about the Occupy movement because, like, this has been going on now. I think it started September seventeenth is when this actually happened and if anyone's lived under a rock have you do you know what it's all about yes i'm aware so well the, give me, the, give me the your take is, on it here, here's the thing um it, it, it's interesting because like do you know what it's all about we yes and no because not even the not even the people that are doing it and this is are, one I, of the things that's I, driving I, I, me nuts. I'll, I'll, just to give everyone an overview and i'm sure everyone knows what it is even though you know whatever but the whole what's <laughs> happened is essentially there's some uh, people that don't uh well essentially what happened was the the, the main the main uh i guess uh, uh point of of the movement is that um essentially uh the united states of america bailed out a lot of banks and businesses uh when the recession economy hit couple, the yeah. recession oh, wait, hit, right yeah. the idea behind this bailout was to use that money responsibility to a restore the economy yep. b uh, ensure that uh, what happened does not happen again, and C, ensure that there's um, laws in place that um, ensure that there's no uh, manipulation of the stock market as well as yeah. uh, taking advantage of the stock market. Yeah. What happened between then and now is from what, you know, at least from the, the average citizen standpoint, is nothing. nothing. These guys took the money, they're still in debt. And and uh, I mean there was a big hoopla when they got the money at first they got rich. Well, that was the whole thing when yeah. uh, when it, when they first got the money. Apparently, some of these companies they used the bailout money to pay their CEOs their bonuses and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And you know the the you know the the United States government was like, you can't do that, and it's like, yes, we can. You know, it's yeah. like we don't want to lose them. They're our top people, right? Yeah, the ones that run yeah. this company. And so what's happened as a result of all this, you know, mismanagement of money. Um, a lot of people, uh, mostly students from what I understand, have been showing up on Wall Street or in New York in general. And it's occupying. what started. Yeah. They're having like a sit-in. But And the whole thing is like the, the big question throughout the media has been what are their demands? And no one can clearly define what they want. It's usually what I found with this whole Occupy movement and, like, and what you described is – to me what the actual problems are like yes i think the bailout well the bailouts they had the idea with the idea was right behind it was it seven trillion dollars something like some ridiculous amount there's actually a good commercial that i find uh of like europe like when uh it's but it's for like an african uh uh, fucking uh, starvation commercial right Mm -hmm. where it's like showing like uh european banks bailout and they roll out this like fucking mile long foot of money and then something else and they roll out this mile of money and then they're like the amount of money it'll take to cure the the food african food problem and it's like 
a quarter of what the mm-hmm. bailout line is. You know what I mean? Like, kind of puts it in perspective. I know it's just a commercial, yeah, but yeah. it's just like, oh, fuck, really? Um, but what you said, I think, is the actual cause. Like, uh, a lot of people, if they follow me on Twitter, they usually see my 2 a.m. Uh, tweets, and they're just like, fucking Todd's against protesting and activism and blah, blah. I think someone called me a right-wing stooge or something. I didn't even, I had to look that up. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but no, like, I, I, like, what you described was, I think, what the Occupy movement should be about. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it literally is leaderless, a leaderless movement where... If the news media, it all depends on who they're talking to. They're going to get a completely different fucking. Uh, like, well, there's, there's been clips I want all over. More fucking, I want there's been clips on e bombs where like a lot of these protesters have been made to look like fools because they're not just they're a lot. It's I a mean, a movement. lot of them are bandwagoners where yeah. they're just they show up just because. Yeah, let's, let's not go, go to school. Fucking, let's I'm go standing protest. for something. Yeah. yeah, but okay. Here, here's uh, here's my take on it, and um, the thing is, let's. Rewind a hundred years and, and almost like a hundred years, almost to the year actually. Uh, Russia, Russia had um, a, it, it was uh, it, it was under um, the rule of the Tsar. Yeah, right. Um, people were starving. People didn't have homes. What ended up happening is a group of students started protesting. This protest became a movement. Mm. This movement became the Russian oh, Revolution. Russian Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, Only and and it was started by it was started by students. And labor workers. Mm. Who are these people that are occupying Wall Street right now? Students the same. Yeah, same the sa- I mean, I- I- the same class of people. What's happening in the United States? People are losing their homes. Starvation hasn't happened yet, but it could. Yep. It, where, it, 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 and, and I think that's the pivotal thing. I think the Western world um, has the luxury that they've never, at least for the majority, have never had the same experiences as third world countries where you've actually, you know, I live on the street yeah. because they don't know how bad my, it can get, and I have no food, yeah. right? But here's the thing: it's not that they don't know how bad it it can get. Like they they, they probably could, right? And it, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But the thing is, um, everyone says that uh, the the American American citizens, as well as Canadian citizens, ha, uh, there's an apathy, and and it's the apathy is actually being caused by uh, by the media as well as as how the government works. Um, we're fed entertainment. We're yep. f- we're fed. Period. We have food. Yep. We have homes. Yep. No matter what the government does, a lot of people are maybe that's maybe that's the key to voter turnout and the fact that because we have these enmities and we feel that we're safe, we, we feel we don't have to be that involved with the government. Yep. Maybe if we want something changed, but a lot of people are like, "Well, just let it roll. We're yep. fine with how things are." Yep. What's happened is this apathy. It, this apathy has resulted in you know you could say that you know the wealthy have abused the system mm. and and now now we're getting to people losing their homes yeah. and that's and I personally believe that this is why this movement is starting yeah. because people are starting to lose their homes. What's next? Food. If we if these people start losing food or you know like if the cost of food starts going higher and it kind of already is. You notice that junk food no, is cheap, yeah. but organic food is oh, yeah. fucking expensive. expensive. Yeah. And you know it, it's going to come down to these elements, and that's going to be the critical point where you know everyone has their breaking point, and that's and and you know and, and the other aspect is that's why they're not being taken seriously by the yeah. the majority of the population, just because of the fact that how can we you know it's like we're it's things aren't that bad. I mean, sure, these people are abusing, but we still have our homes. I still have my car. I still have these things. We have our enmities, right? Yeah. 
soon as as soon as the middle class start losing those things, and they have in the states, that's the mm. thing. A lot of the middle class has started have started losing these things. They started losing their amenities, yeah. and that's why these protests are starting right now. It's just a bunch of you could say the extreme left has started this movement, but it won't be long before the moderate left and and you know the regular citizens and, and maybe even conservative citizens, depending yeah. on on their economic standard or uh, economic uh, economic place in in, in uh, society, they'll start protesting. And the thing is, it's a very dangerous thing because the government really needs to like this is the, this is you know to quote movies and such i mean <laughs> v for vendetta yeah. i mean no the, and this, this is, is one of the things what governments need to be scared of guys this isn't something masks have gone through the roof and this, this is the thing that they, they they need to not not uh because you can see how the media downplays it yeah they need to not downplay this because this is a real serious sign of us of a problem that's gonna that, that's going to you know if it's not checked see, now do you think so if like, things aren't done now yeah when things aren't that serious, where it's you can kind of joke about it, and you know, because like right now the, the protesters, I mean, I think there's been what's the name of that lieutenant, the one that sprayed the guy? It's become a mem now, an internet mem. I know there was like fucking uh, Raymond something that got yes. arrested. Protest? No, protesters. These protesters were zip tied, and, oh, and they were yeah, complaining. Yeah. And one of the one of the SWAT officers just walked by and just maced all of them. Yeah, watch. And it's he's become just, infamous because of it, right? I don't know his name, but yeah, I was looking at the Occupy Wall Street uh, website there today. Uh, Egypt's getting uh, handy again, but yeah, you've scrolled down, and I've, I know what you're talking about. I don't know who the guy is though. Like I yeah. haven't, see, I haven't anyway, that much in depth. So, so you're getting stuff like this, and it's you know, oh wow, there he's pepper spraying citizens yeah. that are that are tied up. He shouldn't be doing that, and that's fine. But it's only going to be a matter of time before stuff like that. Bl- I mean, if this is getting as much attention as it, as it is getting, mm. like, I, I, like I, what I'm getting at is, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like yeah. you had like. The government needs to the, – the American government as well as the Canadian government to an extent needs to kind of take this stuff more seriously. And that's the problem. And that's why – that's what's giving this move, movement fuel is the fact that it's not being treated seriously by the government. And I said, oh, it's just a bunch of students. See, it's okay. just a bunch of this. this is where I'm going to have to disagree with you yeah, on, on this part. The, you're right. But like – say this. Say fucking Obama went down to uh, Occupy New York Wall, Wall Street, the New York one there, the big one, mm-hmm. and says, okay, what do you guys want? What do you want changed right now? I don't think he'll get a straight answer, and that's this is what's pissing me off about this movement. Like what, how you described it is, I think this is how it started on September. Like this started on September seventeenth, September eighteenth. I think there was a clear vision. Two months later, I think it's gone it's down. To a party. Shit, it's it, 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 exactly it. It's become a fucking good time. It's become of we're standing up for our beliefs. Okay, what are your beliefs? Uh, a uh, shit. I don't know. I want money. Like, like this is where it's coming to. Like I started really focusing on this when I was working one night. But here's shift, the thing, and this is when New York police raided the fucking camp in yeah. in New York. Like I started looking at some tweets it was at in, two in the uh, morning. It was at the park, right? Yeah, Zuccotti Park. I think they nicknamed yeah. it Liberty Park now, um, right next to the World Trade Center. Uh, yeah, the World Trade Center site. So at one a.m. and I started seeing some tweets about, oh my god, the cops have raved. You must get uh, raided. You must have come down. You must come down to Zuccotti Park and defend Liberty. I'm like, okay. So I go on the main website, OccupyWallStreet.org, and it was watching this. The camera like mm-hmm. they, they got what it is i guess they got several people that are feeding into this uh mm-hmm. feeding into this stream, and they keep switching camera views mm-hmm. and i'm finding it interesting as i'm watching this go on uh, you see the people running screaming they're like oh the cops are are be- brutally beating the innocent bystanders right and i'm like okay i can i definitely feel that the cops are probably being tough because they want these guys out is it legal to kick these guys out? I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't think so. If they're not harming anything, I don't see. But I, it, it, then again, if I was the owner of the park, I'd be like, okay, two months is enough. Get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm not too sure the legality is behind it. That's not really the point I was getting into. The point is, every time I was watching some of these protesters, and if they're 
their live streams, you'd start seeing that these protesters aren't really all that innocent as they fucking claim to be. Like, literally, you'd see the guy with the camera, he'd pan over and turn, and literally, I'd see like, a group of protesters, I shoes, rocks, not too sure, but they're whipping something at a crowd of cops. And all of a sudden, view would change. And mm-hmm. then you get some guy walking through a crowd again. And then all of a sudden, you get some people starting to knock down uh, mailboxes or pushing over media vans. Mm-hmm. Camera would change. You know what I mean? And you never see the, of course, you never see the people going, oh my God, we're getting brutally beaten. We didn't do nothing when a second before, you were the one that just whipped a shoe at Buddy and just nailed him in the fucking face. Yeah, well, I mean, my opinion of, of that and, and how, it, you know, whether um, things are being biased towards one side or the other is those are semantics. I, I so? honestly, I think those are semantics. Like, but that's you, what, you, that's you, exactly what this no, is. But, that's but, exactly no, what they're playing on. No, listen, listen very carefully in, in this because I, I need. To, I, I think I need to be clear on this for like anyone who's listening. Just because the fact that, like, I feel that this stuff, like, who's being brutal? Are the police being brutal? Are are the protesters instigating the police, etc.? This is semantics. There's there's a conflict there that's being caused by a greater problem. And and I think so, these semantics okay. are taking away from that real issue. Okay, right. I, I'll, I'll agree. That's with that. what I'm getting at. And, I'll agree and like that. I mean, like if if I were that Occupy movement, yeah. don't focus on that. Like you guys really need to sit. If you guys really want want to do something about it, you have the the people behind you. Write a mandate. Get be you know become organized. Well, look at this website. Like even this Wall St- Occupy Wall Street dot uh, org. Like yeah, but I mean, you, but you, no, look at this. Like. General inquiries that they got media, they got staff, they got mm. press, they got press people. This oh, yeah. is they do have an organization, yeah. But I don't think they, uh, I don't think they have a mandate. Uh, is there a mandate listed on the website? Doesn't say how to occupy forum chat use. So I mean, they've got the tools. Yes, like this is see. It says it's a leaderless resistance movement with the people of many colors, genders, and political persuasions. The one thing we all have in common is that we are the ninety nine percent that no longer tolerate the greed and corruption of the one percent. Yes. That message, I think, is perfectly mm-hmm. clear. But what do they want to accomplish? What is their short-term goals? What yep. is their long-term Like I said, if Obama came down and says, what do you guys want? Yeah. I don't think anyone will have an answer well, for and, it. And, and you know, the, the, the dangerous thing about this is what they're doing can be spinned into becoming an anarchist movement as well. Cause, cause, yes, exactly. Yeah, and they, w- they want to stay away from that. Because the idea is uh, you don't want to be anarchist because that puts you way too much in extreme away from the left or the right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what does it uh, – I mean, there were people – there are there's obviously going to be people that are going to disagree with me on this. But, I mean uh, – I think everyone's kind of split on it. Like I said, like uh, going back to that night when I was watching that video, I actually started watching a stream by one particular guy. His name is Tim Poole because he actually said it in the video. Mm-hmm. And he goes by at uh, we are the 99. And uh, I was watching his stream, and his was most interesting because he was actually the only one that seemed to be moving. <laughs> Everyone's just kind of grouped up. He was walking around. And it's funny. As I'm watching it, he's walking past a group of people next to a police car. Mm-hmm. And he was actually just – he was talking about the events that just took place. He wasn't really paying attention to where he was walking by. But as you walk by him, you see a bunch of people slashing tires on a cop car. Mm-hmm. And he didn't notice this until one person started screaming at him saying, don't record a video. Bella Clavazon, bandanas on her face. Right, and he's like, "What do you mean? Don't record?" He's like, "Just don't fucking record the video." He's like, "What are you guys doing to that car? You guys are slashing tires. What the fuck are you guys doing?" And there was a group of people doing that, and everyone started attacking him. Like, "Don't what? Don't record? Don't record?" Anyway, he pulls himself out of the crowd, and uh, he's one guy is still like chasing him down. Right? Don't record. Why are you recording this video? What the fuck do you think you're doing? And I'll give credit to this Tim Pool guy because he's the one that actually said he seems to be he's actually with this Occupy movement and knows what it's about. Because he's like, "I've been here since day one, and the one thing that we need to start doing is transparency." If you guys are there slashing tires, you, you don't belong to this movement because you're just going to cause nothing but problems. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... And with fucking kudos because, see, that guy... To me, that guy is a fucking proper activist. 
not the ones that are fucking. And there was another video that got released of a shitload of protesters that just jumped a bunch of cops by a subway. Yeah, not those ones. Those are the people that are down there for the party. I do believe in this Occupy movement, and I believe what they stand for, like an actual yes. Uh, the fucking the, the rich people shouldn't get the tax breaks. There is a big gap. The ninety nine, the one hundred. There's a huge gap, and I believe something should be done. But. I don't know. To me, when they did start doing stuff like this, like that raid, that's yeah. when I was just like, "Holy fuck, guys! Don't don't start because of the one and the one cop that's pepper spraying them. Don't think that that's what they are, the the protest." Yeah, but is all but about. that's that's already become an iconic image, though. I mean, and that's what you know. That's honestly, that's what law enforcement needs to be careful of right now, because right now they're being watched with scrutiny. And then there's another statement that went out too: uh, the police are only uh, the workforce of the one percent. Fuck you. The police is what helps you when you're getting fucking your ass kicked by some home invader or someone's kidnapped your child. You know what I mean? Like that's no, what but the police it, but it's are there easy. It, but see, and see, this is what I'm getting at. This is this is where they got to be careful because yeah. they could very like they're already on that pivot point where they could be seen as an anarchist movement, right? Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, it's looking like that. And you know, it's, I think this is what happens when you don't have a leader. What I think this is what happens when you no, don't it have could a happen. Right? I mean, there's people that could argue the point, the th- the, and the truth of the matter is, like you know, I've, I've said it. I've said it before. Something. I've said it before on our uh, on our podcast. I'm not very political, but I do feel that the this civil unrest is due to a huge problem that's happened in the United States over the years. And and no, you know, it's always. It's I remember it was always. I remember even as a child growing up because like there was actually I think the best thing I've ever seen uh, on on capitalism. In my life is have you ever do you remember that show Dinosaurs? Yep, the Jim. I'm Henson the baby. I, I, you gotta yeah, love yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So there was an episode where uh, it, it was actually the end of the series, and what happens is because remember they uh, Earl works for that company, that conglomerate, yes. where his boss is the Triceratops, and he and his boss <laughs> yeah, straight to you. his boss has to go to the um, to the uh, what's it called? Uh, his boss has to go to kind of like CNN or DNN they call it, and he's talking about you know uh, you know how the company's getting so so rich and everyone's getting poor, right? And he's like he's like, well, it's very easy actually. It's like if you have if you believe in the capitalist society, here let me break it down to you. And he, he basically says he's like, you see, the more money I make, the more money is likely to fall out of my pockets and trickle down to the rest of the economy. <laughs> so the richer I get, the more money will fall out of my pockets, and the more money you guys, the rest of the society will get right and essentially that's the, that's kind of the principle the 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 whole in capitalism because the idea is that by benefiting yourself you're benefiting uh society right because the idea is like if your company does well you're creating more jobs you're creating more you're products creating more you're stimulus feeding for the, rest of the, the economy society, right yeah there's obviously a problem with that, right? There is, and, and what's more is there, there's a problem with the stock market as well, right? There's it's a very it's become to the, it's come to the point where those that have played the game long enough can manipulate what's going on, right? So at any rate, I mean, that, that, I'm try like it's hard to be objective about it because it, it, we really are we really are in a in interesting times, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, that being said, I mean, like our generation. I think this is kind of like uh, at least the, the the tens or whatever, or I guess this is the the turn of the teens now, right? Mm. But the thing is, this is our movement, right? Like this is our cause. Do you think it's getting bigger? Huh? Do you think it's getting bigger? I think it's the. I, I honestly think this is this is the actual backlash from the from the last ten years of terrorist fear that we've had. That we've had ten years of terrorist fear, and now we're going into this whole economic thing. Interesting. Yeah. No. I mean, for all. I mean, we're going through what what the United States went through in the 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 the, the depression. Yeah. I mean, we're we're we are there right now, right? Yeah. We're just kind of we're t- turning a bit of a blind out. We have more comforts that allow us to kind of ignore the issues now. Mm. But the thing is, you know, it, it, I mean, it, like I said, I, I try to be objective of these things, and I'm trying to, right? Because like I, the thing is, I'm not I'm not informed enough 
to make a, a solid opinion, but that's it's becoming less of an excuse for people to have that because you sh- really should. You should take more interest in, interest in your government because the thing is, for you know, that could be Canada, right? Like the yeah. thing is, a, like we should be watching what the Americans are doing very closely because it could be Canada. And like I said, I mean, sure, this you know, you're getting the semantics of you know police brutality or or um, protesters that are manipulating the media and all that. I mean. Yes, those are those are all interesting factors of of what's going on, but that's not what these people should be focusing on, right? Yeah. Like instead no, of instead point. of civil unrest, right? Yep. I mean, instead of civil unrest, this should be more of a focus on trying to because now you've you've garnered enough attention to grab an audience of the the world leaders. And you know, it, and that's the first step, right? The second step. I mean, obviously, you you want to go through those steps and try to get the go. You know, the idea is like their. I guess their mandate is that, or their, the, what their their stance on is. We gave the government a chance. They did the bailout. They yep. failed. Now is our time to act, right? Yeah. So I don't well, know. No, and like I think the, oh, the this movement, I think, unfortunately, has well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm not too sure where that whole sit the whole argument ultimately yet, but I think this has reached its peak. The unfortunate thing is the longer this goes where I think it's just about the whole party, I'm an activist, like they don't have that fucking goals. Like right now I think their goal is too broad. Oh, we just want to change the way society's been for the last 150 years. It ain't going to happen. I, like it, you started it and there's a you laid a foundation for it to happen, but this ain't going to happen anytime soon. You need to have more, I think, short-term goals of what you need to accomplish. And the longer this goes without that, I just think they're going to lose credibility in the entire argument altogether. Well, I mean, look at the ones in Canada. Like they've already been able to legally disband the ones in Vancouver, fucking Calgary, or no, uh, yeah. Vancouver, Victoria. I think Toronto is on the brink. Uh, they're all gone. You know, and a lot of people are arguing that fact too. They're saying the government has too much power in terms of uh, shutting down these type of movements. And the thing is, you know, we should be allowed to do this sort of thing, right? So, hmm. I mean, it's interesting because, well, I mean, I guess at the end of the, it, it, I mean, there's there's no instance where there's been a government, a group that has changed the government where it hasn't been illegal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's how no, it happens. No, and that's a good point, too. Like, initially, I'm just like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? But in my head, I'm just like, and it's just like the Greenpeace, too. Like, I keep saying Greenpeace is putting themselves in danger when they do shit like this in the, in the oil mm-hmm. sands, like break in. And, but seriously, like, that's the only way to garner the attention. The, the only way to garner attention is to do shit like this, right? They can't just go into a courtroom and do the battle because you're, you're, you're not going to get the support that you need in order to make these changes. Mm. If Greenpeace did their fight in the in the courtroom, which I think is where this... Well, they kind of do, though. They do, but it won't garner the support as in breaking into a fucking yeah, mining and they, they know, to a They shovel. know the legal system, too, yeah. right? They can mani- they know how to manipulate it or at least know the, the loopholes they have to jump through in order to... Yeah. They can do just enough to make support and not yeah. get them themselves entirely in shit you know what I mean? yeah exactly but uh no like i think the occupy movement's definitely i i think it has reached its peak unless they do start getting some like short-term goals i've been reading the form on that uh, occupywallstreet.org website and you can see a lot of the people are saying stuff like that they're like yeah. guys we need to organize ourselves well, here's the thing more i guess i guess they realistic what they really need though is someone to really you know jump in some someone that people can get behind and, and say like you know not not just like we need to do this we need to do that someone who basically said I'm willing to be your face, right? Yeah. And, they need you know, a leader. And, and the thing is, you know, whoever does that is setting themselves up to be a martyr too, though. Oh, big time. Yeah. You need to have someone willing he to make the sacrifice. He won't be anyone's friend. Fuck no. Oh, yeah. absolutely not. You need to have someone willing to make the sacrifice. Like, what's the slogan they use? Uh, we're not a movement of, of – we're not a leaderless movement. We're a movement of leaders. That's only good for the first Well, two. that's a problem when that, you got too many leaders, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> it's too many chiefs and wait, not enough Indians, right? 
That's racist. <laughs> so racist. But uh, I think the movement's growing, and I just found it really interesting. And like I said, uh, when people that are watching my Twitter, I know Nolan was the big one that said, "If only you focus enough attention on the on the corp or the corporate greed that lines their pockets." Or he said something to that effect. I don't want to. At the time, I didn't want to get into where my stance was. My stance is: I do believe in the movement. I think they. I think it's possible to lay the groundwork to change the world. It's just I don't like when they spin it and say, "Oh my God, we're a peaceful protest and we're just getting beaten by cops." And especially that comment of like the police is the one or the workforce is the one percent. Fuck you. I'm sure a lot of police believe in your cause. It's just in order to fucking raise a family and pay the bills, they got to go over there and they're told to raid that camp and kick everyone out of that camp. Yeah, well, they're going to be doing it. We could be talking for hours on that subject, so. Why not? It's a podcast. <laughs> well, I got I got to finish that edit at some point too, right? <laughs> but um, no, it is it is pretty interesting what's going and on. And notice how there's no Occupy Fort Mac. I found that yeah. kind of interesting. Well, I mean, who would start it? It's a movement of leaders, Tito. Why would you need one person? What, why are you trying to get me to start it? <laughs> no, I'm just no, I'm just saying it's you get these people like why do you need someone in particular to start it? Like I guess they had someone that started the whole thing, but they never like these ad busters apparently is the ones that actually bought the websites and put out the mm. the mass social media websites. They're actually a Canadian company apparently. Mm. Uh, now were they the ones that actually set up the Zuccotti Park in New York? Maybe I don't know. I I mean I I you know I mean you could you could break down our break down our break down the argument from either group. It's just really interesting because we live in a time where like we can actually find the root cause of all this sort of stuff. It's true. I mean back in the day, I mean when the Tea Party happened or when we don't know where this started or how the fuck. Well, it yeah, happened. yeah, exactly. Yeah, good right? point. There's just people that took took an took an initiative and they went through they went that way and yeah. you know they they garnered a movement. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I just think. Um, I think it's a it's a sign that uh, there needs to be political change, like a real the, the the system seems to be broken, right? And they tried to fix it mm. and it didn't work. It's true. They threw well, money at the problem. Failed the failed the attempt, but it was an attempt nonetheless, right? Like yeah, well, look at Europe, the European economy right oh, now. Greece is in the shitter, yeah. and the 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 rumor is that Spain is going down that path too. So mm. yeah, I think I think euro is gone within ten years. To be honest with you. Well, that's very dangerous for the world oh, stock market. So, it, yeah, something definitely needs to change. Like I said, the movement's good. It's just, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm going to sit here from the comfort of my own home and tell you, get some damn goals. There's, uh, there's a new episode of uh, Thunderfist, eh? Is there? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they one of the things they talk about is uh, apparently, um, and and sorry, guys, I stole your idea, cousin cast. <laughs> um, there, uh, I just found it really interesting. They were talking about it, and I read the article. The there is a company out of Japan that has made the first steaks, steaks like meat steaks, yeah. made out of human excrement. Gross. They're edible too. Oh, fuck sakes. Not even joking. Apparently, from people that have tasted them, they taste just like real meat. And it's out of human feces? And re- recyclable They really recyclable went to fucking the, they really went to town with that uh, human Jesus centipede Christ shit, eh? didn't they? I read that. I'm like, holy shit. Are you kidding me? And their idea was like, we can't we can't just introduce it completely into the market because of the social stigma, right? But the idea is like, we will make our food last longer if we mix real meat with this type of meat. And I'm like, no, don't do that, you fucking crazy assholes. Fuck. There's no way in hell that passed any kind of FDA or Canadian food fucking... Well, apparently it's sanitary. It's because they, they put it through a process where they kill all the bacteria that we use in digestion. Well, apparently, like human excrement is supposed to be the cleanest. You know what I mean? Like, uh. <laughs> what? It is just the thought of it. I know though, it's right? disgusting, but yeah. like your piss is just 
your own fucking waste. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it ain't gonna kill you. It's disgusting. Maybe it's just society that's made us fucking. Yeah. Made us Why don't we drink our own piss? Everyone well, drink your own pee tonight. There's people in the golden showers, man. There's got to be a reason for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cleanses the soul. <laughs> Ew. Uh, but yeah, so they were talking about that. So if you guys are interested in more of that, <laughs> listen to Thunderfist. If you're dying to have a fucking shit stick, yeah, by exactly. all means, have a listen to Thunderfist. Uh, yeah, and uh, or Thundercast. Thunderfist. Um, what was it? Um, uh, well, speaking of Fort Mac, actually, we had uh, a bit of a showcase lately with uh, fuck. What is that chick's name? I always forget. Vazzy. Vassy, I forget her last name. Right, yeah. Got her on Twitter. It's V A S S E Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a little three part miniseries on uh, on Fort Mac, which sparked some good uh, good debate on my end actually. And unfortunately, it was in a, a place on Facebook where no one kept, no one could have saw it, and definitely won't see it now because she deleted the thread. Who was she? But, uh, a girl named Shannon Miller actually went to school with her up in Fort McMurray. She lives in Calgary. So now. why'd you piss her off? She on this. So this is three parts, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about each three parts. We're gonna show the vi- we're gonna air the video. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about the three of them. But basically, the first video aired, uh, and fuck it, let's just watch it now. In the past year, one of every three jobs in the country have been created here in Alberta, and most of those jobs are in one area of our province. You could call it Alberta's, even Canada's, economic engine. Uh, even though the boom in Fort McMurray ended a few years ago, the possibility of another one around the corner exists. Our provincial affairs reporter, Vashko, spent some time in Fort McMurray last week, um, and you say there's more than meets the eye there. Hi, Glenn Cohen. Definitely. I, I would say that there's a lot more there than meets the eyes. Years after the area's first boom, residents are eager to show the world their city is not just an oil town and is still very much the land of opportunity. In the vast open lands of northern Alberta, Fort McMurray is a pinpoint seemingly in the middle of nowhere. But to its residents, this is somewhere. Touched down by plane, the sounds and sights of opportunity reach you. This is Canada's fastest-growing airport. At the end of this year, we'll have 770,000 people going through a terminal designed to handle a quarter of a million. Take the trek into town, and it's a similar scene. This is the highway, Fort McMurray's only one. During rush hours, cars are backed up as far as you can see, heading to and from the oil sands, roads slick from the traffic. Years after the first boom, this is still boom town. Cranes and construction cover every corner. It's the land of opportunity. In Fort McMurray, young people and young professionals can be a very big fish in a very small pond. And people like Krista Balsam know it. It's incredibly popular. Balsam has returned to Fort McMurray after going to school in Ottawa. It was an easy choice. It's just even your job title. Like, really, you get a job title that you just wouldn't get anywhere else, and you get to build your resume and your career from an earlier stage. You're not somebody's assistant. You're doing the job. The first of her jobs was marketing for Mac Island, a $180 million recreation center complete with gyms, ice rinks, and a library, all paid for with municipal tax dollars. It's it's really a job. All possible because while cities like Calgary and Edmonton must give and take to make ends meet, here, if you can dream it, you can probably build it. How many schools do you think you should be building for this population that's up and coming? And build they have. Since Melissa Blake became mayor, the population has doubled to 100,000. The airport, highway, and downtown are all set for expansions. You're always able to scale back 
but once you've made the error of thinking too small, you can't undo it very easily. This second boom is aimed at keeping those that fuel it. An oil-rich population, one that is so young, a hundred babies are born a month in this hospital. What does it mean to be there now? It really means now we can take um, take these opportunities and actually cash in on them. For Krista Balsam, she has cashed in. This is where she's laying her roots. I chose to make this my home. I chose to take the opportunity that exists within Fort McMurray and turn it into a really great life for myself. I'm 25 years old and I've gotten to do things I never dreamed I would have in my entire life. A sign, perhaps another one. The possibilities here seem endless. How endless are those possibilities? This isn't the whole story. There are issues associated with a boom, a terrible reputation, drugs, crime, and high housing prices, which still do persist. We will look at those challenges that are associated with being Canada's cash cow. You could mm-hmm. call it in part two of our series tomorrow night. Nice to get that inside look. Fascinating. Yeah, Changed woman, Vash. <laughs> <laughs> Faced exponential growth over the last decade, Fort McMurray's growing pains have dominated the headlines. The community has tried hard to reshape its reputation, but challenges remain. Our provincial affairs uh, reporter Vashi Capelos joins us now uh, with the second part of our series on the region. Vashi? Hi, Gordon Caroline. Many of the problems, crime, drugs, and a high cost of living persist, but the community has definitely found new ways of dealing with the issues. is the Fort McMurray you've probably heard of. Dark, dingy, known for its seedier side. The headlines during the boom and after haven't been pretty. It's an image the community resents and has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to fight. We still felt really bad about the things that they were saying that we just weren't experiencing on a day-to-day basis. And we recognize that there's always an element, there's truth in everything, uh, but it just wasn't the mainstream. Still, the social ills of a boom can't be ignored. Crime rates are high, three times the national average, and rising alongside the population. Like any growing city, scenes like this one aren't an anomaly. If these are the social ills, the RCMP here is the medicine. At 200 members, the force in Fort McMurray is one of the province's largest. We're not only able to keep up in most cases, but in certain instances, we're, we're in a position to do some more proactive policing, which is, which is fantastic. Local nonprofits have rallied as well. We have a lot of working poor um, that we service. The food bank saw more than a 90% jump in need in the last two years. It's not that they're not motivated and they're not doing for themselves. It's that they're doing everything for themselves they can, and they shouldn't have to make the choice between a roof and food. The community has responded, though. The food bank just moved into this much bigger building to meet that need. It's a symptom of a linear relationship at its worst. While the median family income in Fort McMurray at $170,000 is extremely high, so too is the cost of living. The cost of living here is the need, right? It, it doesn't just contribute to it. The average single-family home has now climbed to $730,000. Condos and trailers sell for half a million dollars. A 30-year-old two-bedroom apartment rents for over 2000 dollars a month. Others were built so fast and so poorly during the first boom 
Some are now unlivable and are boarded up. It needs resolution. The municipality has worked hard playing catch-up, but most of its land is owned by the province. We are technically one of the largest municipalities in Canada, but we have no land. And so prices go up. Everything seems expensive. It can all come as a shock to both those who came and those who will come here, expecting a gold rush. Because while the streets may seem like they're paved in gold, there are no guarantees when you gamble on a boomtown. And on the topic of a boomtown, a few weeks ago, Premier Alison Redford visited Fort McMurray and she spoke about it being a hometown, not a boomtown. In the third part of our series tomorrow night, we'll take a unique look at what makes Fort McMurray a hometown. I think the answer will take you by surprise. Gordon Caroline. It's flashy, great story. Thank you. Fort McMurray is known for a lot of things, but perhaps not this. We spent the last two days uh, talking about all the ups and downs of being a boom town, but there are some things about that community that may surprise you. Fort McMurray's slogan is Big Spirit, and though this story is about just that, Fort McMurray's Big Spirit and Big Heart, we begin in British Columbia. The Children's Hospital in Vancouver has become home for Andrew Putt, Chelsea Whittle, and their daughter, Lily. She would fall over and not be able to get herself back up. She was in a lot of pain. Those symptoms brought the family to the hospital a month ago. The diagnosis was a scary one. A week after the biopsy, we found out it was called glioblastoma. It's a cancerous brain tumor. The prognosis was scarier. In an adult, you have about a 14-week lifespan, and most of the time there isn't treatment available. Um, and children have a little bit of a better chance, but it's still not great. Lily, though, is being treated. She has had two surgeries and is now finishing the first of two rounds of chemo. The family has been at the Children's Hospital through it all, an hour from their home in Chilliwack. Both have taken leaves from work. And you don't really realize until you live away from home for so long, like what you actually do have to pay for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Different stuff, like I mean, even laundry. And, and it's precisely those costs which bring us to Fort McMurray. It's known for a lot of things, a boom, crime, drugs, and a transient community made up of people who call somewhere else home. But since the boom has steadied, so has the community, and what has emerged may come as a surprise. Per person, no community in Canada gives more to charity than Fort McMurray. And that brings us downtown to the Pedalin Bar. Becca Hess tends bar here. Like many in Fort McMurray, Hess isn't from here. She's from Chilliwack, B.C. I grew up with Andrew Putt. He's the father of Louis Jean. About a month ago, Hess went to visit her childhood friend and meet his baby. Struck by Lily's plight and her friend's fight to help his daughter, Hess decided to help. I thought it up on Sunday night. I sent out the emails Monday morning and the Facebook and, and everything like that, advertising. In just five days, Hess had organized a fundraiser at the Pedalin. Waitresses gave up their tips. Patrons bid on a silent auction. Basically, any way that we could offer something in return for a donation, we covered. Altogether, they raised more than $10,000. The truly remarkable part? Not only have Andrew, Chelsea, and Lily never been to Fort McMurray, nobody except for Hess knows Lily. Fort McMurray is a wonderful place for that. They, uh, you know, people make great money, but people give it back. So it was, it was wonderful. I mean, it's one thing getting charity from your family, but... 
complete strangers. And so, while Lily continues a fight beyond her parents' control, Always a big girl. They can rest assured the big spirit of Fort McMurray is behind their big girl. To see all three parts of our Fort McMurray series, please head to our website. Definitely worth it. She did such yes. a good job yeah. with those yeah. three stories. A great sure. look at Fort McMurray for sure. The editors did an awesome job, so mm-hmm. I know. did the shooter on that piece. Yes, good for, for you, sure. Bashy. Yes. Okay. So after we sh- after sh- this aired uh, on whatever like I think it was last Monday I think. Yep. And uh, I've already started seeing some people. It's a very positive fucking video. This the mm-hmm. first one, right? Very much so of land of opportunity. People they showed uh, Kelsey Kelsey Kelly anyway right out of, uh, communications director right out of school come up here making a lot of money doing exactly what she loves to do right right so I'm surfing Facebook and I'm Shannon Miller's status is just like uh, interested to see a positive uh, news story about Fort McMurray I guess those people actually never lived there. Oh, okay. So, of course, I jumped to the fucking... Put on your cape. Oh, hell yeah, man. I donned the mask, put on the cape, because there was like three or four people that commented that, that agreed with her. There were two in particular, because we ended up getting into a huge argument afterwards. Uh, there was like fucking 100, 100 comments long, mm-hmm. and it was it was a long one. Uh, and, of course, people were like, yeah, Fort McMurray sucks. And then another one was like, yeah, they don't know how much of a shithole it is. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what they said, but it was negative comments. Mm-hmm. So then I jumped in, and I was just like, Shannon, you lived up here... Maybe you haven't lived up here lately, but it definitely is. Finally, a news story has actually taken the time to dig deeper into their into the social issues and understood mm-hmm. Fort Mac for actually what it is, mm-hmm. and not just listen to someone that flies in, flies out every two weeks, or been up here for a, a short amount of time. Right. And like I said, it just sparked a shitload of fucking top of of arguments from a lot of people. That's just like the only thing. Like like I said when we were talking with Stephen Nolan, the only argument I can't really argue against in Fort Mac now is traffic because we do got some serious fucking traffic issues. We're in a harsh growing pain right now. Oh, big time! But it's being remedied, right? And we can actually see it from our own two eyes. The um, fuck, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, right. positive impacts of Fort McMurray, like actually see for what it is. Like we've talked about in the podcast before, being our age. And in in the like in the job in the workforce now like our positions in the workforce and even what we're doing more or less like do you think if we lived in like a regular maybe Edmonton or Calgary do you think we'd be able to do what we're doing now no I I, I like I like I told you I mean I know people with the same educational background as myself and they're not doing yeah. nearly as well I mean and and but the thing is I mean you know it's it's a they see it as a trade off right and the yeah. thing is honestly I saw it like that uh, for, for a long time as well but the thing is uh, you know what if you really take the time right there's the the this community is okay a lot of people go move into cities to see what the city has to offer for them yeah. right but the th- here's the interesting thing about fort murray the, the fort murray they has things to offer and there's more that are being offered but what's more is the city is providing a lot of opportunities for a lot of people to become leaders within the community yes to create and those, which is what to create that environment yeah. to mold it and to create it the way they want and it's very much a frontier right it's like it's like a boom ta- a boom town in that sense a lot of people see boom towns like oh it's constantly growing which means there's no room for infrastructure but the thing is if more people took an interest in the community, there, um, it, the, the, you know, you have the. It, what's interesting is if you want something changed in, say, a city like Edmonton or Calgary, you have to go through a process. You have to go through all this stuff, and you have to do, go through that here in Fort Murray too. Yeah. Except, it moves a lot quicker. 
Yeah. Here in Fort McMurray, a lot of the people, are, a lot of them, a lot of what happens here is okay. Well, if you want to do it, yeah, okay. Here, here's your funding. Go do it and let, let us know. know how, let it, yeah. yeah. If you fail, you fail. If if you don't, in, in Edmonton or in Calgary, they're more particular. They're like, oh, I don't know if we'll give you. But now, do you think that's based on size? Do you think just because we're a bit of a smaller city that we we can get away with shit? Like I think that? because we're in a point of aggressive expansion, and we're, and mm-hmm. the community is looking for leaders in yeah. that regards. I mean, if you look at our podcast, I mean, we we're kind of. Well, as as far as I know, we're kind of the only game in town. As such, yeah. we're kind of leaders in that for Fort McMurray, right? Good point. So, I mean, and and you know, you know, the Film Fear event, right? Yeah. Like it, it, that was a leader thing. The, the Interplay Film Festival, that was we're we're breaking ground in terms of that. And you know, would we be able to do that in Edmonton? Sure. Would we have the same funding? No. Yeah. Right. So you you know, would events with Buffalo have given has that, it been yeah. done before in Edmonton? Yes. Yeah, of course you know it I mean? has. No, that's what I'm just and, saying. And there are more. It wouldn't be right? as groundbreaking, yeah. right? But that's the thing. Even if like even if there was another uh, people that create another yep. uh, podcast in Fort Mac, I think it'd just be more honestly. I I don't the onus on us just to make a th- fucking that much of a better show. You yeah, know uh, I mean? exactly right. And, and you know, competition is good, right? Mm. Um, but what I was gonna say is is just the fact that I, I find it really interesting because like I kind of dra- I, I kind of mute that out now when people have those comments about Fort Murray, whether they're from here or they've moved here, just because of the fact that like I used to have that negative. Like I mean, I grew up in this town, right? So yeah. I've grown up with that negative aspect. I've also seen positive aspects. And, you know, the more I analyze it, I'm like, you know what? This town has done a lot for me. Yeah. And it's done a lot a lot for the people I know. Absolutely. Whether, they're, whether they show their appreciation or, or they don't. And you know what? If, if they don't like Fort Mac, they've got their reasons. And I completely respect that. But it's not going to change my opinion of the city. Mm-hmm. I know you always feel you need to defend or try to change their opinions. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, you don't know those people. And for no. all, you know, you, you know, you're not going to – if anything, you're kind of adding fuel to the fire. But whatever. We're, I mean – We've gone through we've this, gone bef- through this we've before. We've gone through this before. But to me, what I found was interesting and you're right like you're the proper way i some people should go right but i've also explained myself to you i think uh, what happened with this town like there's always been that self-pride in this town and a lot of them just like oh ignore the fucking haters ignore the fucking people that talk bad about this town they'll just go away eventually it's not true you know me i just take more of the i'm fucking going i'm gonna go tooth and nail with them i'm gonna get into the dirt with them here's the thing they they actually they they actually do go away they literally go away because people if people don't like this town they They eventually move out yeah Yeah. well it's funny because in this hundred comment thread that we end up doing on shannon's facebook there was a couple people uh andrea i know jen i think connor was another one uh that joined in on it too they're all friends with uh, Shannon Miller we all went to school together and they actually jumped in with me and started defending for McMurray as well and it's funny because one of the negative guys actually commented they're like what the hell like why is there people defending for McMurray usually everyone just hates this town mm-hmm. and that fucking put a smile on my face ear to ear because he was actually literally shocked that it wasn't the cool thing anymore to hate on this town yeah. Which is exactly what I've been trying to. I'm not saying I was the fucking start of it or whatever, but exactly what I want more. <laughs> it's like, of. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, no, I want more of an outspoken defending of Fort McMurray. Like you, like you said, you said yourself. I just listen to them and, and don't really pay mm-hmm. attention to what they do. That's fine. Give her. I'm gonna go into their face aggressively and fucking douchebaggy and fucking all that kind of shit. I'll go into the ditch with them and, and See, but that's fight the thing. back. You with don't them. have to be douchebaggy though. You can defend your opinion and, yes. and not be douchebaggy. Like, I've, and I've explained We've, that too. You and I have had talk, like, extensive talks about this, but <laughs> I make it more entertaining. <laughs> but no, it, but you're gonna I, give yourself a heart attack. Is what's I gonna happen. And see, that's another thing too. Like, do you really think I'm getting that excited over it? Do you really think I'm fucking jerking off while I'm doing this? I don't know. It's true. I don't watch I it two four seven. But no, I I really love that part where he thought that he oh it's cool. It, it was totally the it's cool to hate for McMurray attitude because one guy actually messaged me afterwards and was just like oh no no you got me all wrong man I actually really like for McMurray I just hate how everyone 
calls it down on it. I'm just like, but before I jumped into the conversation, you were calling it down too. Yeah. You just didn't realize other people fucking defend this town. Mm-hmm. And I really think in the last couple of years, there has been a bit of a fucking YMN movement of people actually being pr- being prideful of Fort McMurray and as well as they should. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, it, and you know, the thing is like, it's uh, it's like that old uh, ad, uh, the, the old saying, you know, home is where you make it, right? And the yeah. thing is, if you make it home, it'll be that much better, right? And that's and one of the things, like I said, we've, we've said it countless times before, like people always looking around town, they're like, oh, there's nothing to do in this town. Well, well go look. Like actually just try to go a little bit deeper than the surface and you'll find that there is lots to do in this town. There is we got a fucking fuck dodgeball league. It's we got a dodgeball league, man. Like, so how cold. cool is that? It is. It's fucking. F- it's not. It's, that it's even cold, cold in Edmonton too, though. Is it? Yeah, I was in Edmonton this weekend, and it's cold there too. I've I haven't been able to stay warm all fucking week. I've I've literally. It's only minus seventeen, man. We're really down. You're not so the one that has to drive over to my house to record a podcast. But <laughs> 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 what was it? Um, no, when we were shooting uh, outside in the car. Oh my god, man, my hands were freezing. <laughs> we were out there for a while. Yeah, fucking cast in his eyes. I know. I'm like, I'm going to fucking stab him. <laughs> You're no, not actually, gonna have any fucking eyes. Actually, everyone's um, uh, like I was saying, uh, the new short spoof. Actually, I got a, I got a, me- a personal message saying that uh, sp- uh, they they saw someone, a friend of mine, saw the preview for spoof, and they sent me a message and they said. Oh well, uh, like uh, you kind of gave away the ending. I'm like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, the guy dies, and I'm like, I'm like, actually, I, I like, I, I it, to myself, I was like, that's good that you think that that's what the plot is about, because <laughs> because actually that preview, if um after you see the movie, if you watch that preview again, it gives clues to what the movie's about. It actually gives away certain things about the movie, but it's not what the movie's about. No, it's yeah. a good preview. Um, you know what? Honestly, I think it's a really good idea, a, a really cool concept by my brother. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to finishing the cut and um, and uh, maybe doing another thing with him. Like, I think he did a really good job. Honestly. Fuck yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, man. so. We always look forward to more. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it'll be good. Uh, got more more Totsky. I, 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 need to, I need to write better characters for you, man. You're just always this guy. <laughs> I enjoy being. John Everyman. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy being the creepy guy, but you know damn well you wrote one specific part that I'm fucking dying to play. Oh, that's true, yeah. I yeah we I guess we got. And I would love to make that. that more than just into an under five minutes short. Yeah, yeah well that's the idea. Feature, right? feature, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I went all quiet there. I don't know why. What? <laughs> I was all quiet there. It seems who like who went all quiet? Me. Does if anyone hears that clicking sound today, we have a very special guest. <laughs> she. <laughs> she. Uh, she. Totally texting. So we'll wait. Until, uh, we'll wait until she's done, and then she, she'll she'll bring her she'll bring herself in. <laughs> um this uh this year we were we were fortunate enough to um work with uh, events with buffalo in uh, bringing the first ever interplay film festival to fort mcmurray and uh in no small part that's thanks to um misty oaks who is our special guest she is what is your position misty i am the communications and development director <laughs> Sounds important. <laughs> I directed that, that, once. That is an epic title. <laughs> I communicate. I direct. No, that is excellent. Yes, uh, Misty is with us today. So I have an ampersand in my title. An ampersand. Yeah. Nice. What the fuck? I'm jealous. Ampersand. It's like that symbol that stands for and. Oh, why don't you just call it the and symbol? Because it's called ampersand. Yeah. So you got to bring it down. For you. Yeah. Why are we whispering in this I podcast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people listening to this at two a.m. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, getting you through your night I shift. I think it's the earliest time we've ever recorded a podcast, too. Maybe that's what it is. Time. Yeah. I'm, well, we're, we're, I'm, I'm a little tired just because we, we just finished shooting. Um, the cold really gets to you, hey? The cold really like My drains a lot of you. My feet are still bad from those entrance scenes. Well, why don't you put on shoes? You're it wouldn't have fucking shoes. mattered. Um, yeah. For, uh, Vans. for those of you guys that have been on Facebook following right now, um, I'm working on a new short right now uh, that I've, uh, Misty's been so kind to uh, be part of. Um, uh, Todd has also been so kind to be part of again. And uh, it's actually the first short that I've uh, collaborated with my brother, uh, Doug, or Antonio, as he goes by. Uh, and he it was his idea. And, um, Antonio. Yeah, Antonio. Antonio. And Antonio. Antonio Gillen. Antonio. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't think he's ever said that. Um, I also go by Phyllis. Phyllis, really? No. <laughs> I just want to sound Lucille. special. Lucille. I have an apresent in my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, so no, it was his idea, and I he pitched it to me, and I thought it was a very good idea. Then I pitched it to Todd, and Todd's like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we uh, and then what he forced I, me to do it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "Missy, we need a female." <laughs> no, because I remember I, I was down at uh, I was down talking to you about the film fest for something, and you mentioned you're an act, an actress, and that's. And you lied apparently today. Is the whole time. Yeah, see, no, that's no. how good of an actress she is. She's like, I'm an actress. Don't <laughs> <laughs> pass that along that to thing. Tito. Yeah. No, because you showed me the script for. Remember how I played the little. hot broad? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, you showed me the script, and uh, yeah. we were talking about uh, who can play the lead. And yeah, yeah. So you're gonna cut around it. Yeah, I'll okay, cut good. around it. You better. <laughs> <laughs> Don't meddle with my art. My whole fucking story's <laughs> gone now. I mentioned Misty, and then you went for it. And yeah, no. Good. I was like, she wants to work with us? <laughs> and Anyway. Well, uh, it's not to, like, to me, what I find with this kind of shit, you always get someone that's just like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. And then as soon as Tito usually makes the official offer, they're like, well, no, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> I was actually really nervous that I was going to be too busy. And then really? today, yeah, when, it I, happens. when I had stuff come up, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. Oh my God, I'm that person. <laughs> totally were no that's okay I, I figured uh, I actually anticipated that Todd was going to be late that's why I said 11 and I'm like well we we technically only have we, we technically not need to be done by 4 because 4 would be when the sun goes down yeah. so so long as we're done by 4 I'll be cool so I well, figured you know we could have started as as late as 1 really so well you done excellent. I think that was the quickest one that we've ever filmed, to be honest with Well, you. it is a very short script yeah. because I already shot stuff prior, which uh, if you guys go on the Hyperphotonic Media Facebook page, the preview's there right now. But, uh, yeah, there's that. And then we still have to shoot the night stuff. So uh, I just don't want to go outside again, but I have to. <laughs> but, uh, no, no. Um, so you guys will probably see that soon, maybe at Metro, if, uh, if I can finish it in time for the Metro deadline. I might make my Metro debut. I yeah. should show up there. Todd might actually go to Metro, so that'll be good. That'll be really good. Can I go? Yeah, yeah, you're, December, you should go. December 1st in Edmonton. December 1st weekend, if you're in Edmonton. So is this actually your first time on film? Yeah, yeah, I mean, other than high school French <laughs> Other than those videos. videos. <laughs> <laughs> that Where we did the reenactment of the yeah. Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> Get in the water. Did you really? In Deeper. bad French. Oh, really? Yeah. In a farm? Uh, yeah. Impressive. Just, we built butterfly wings out of plywood. We thought that was a good idea. Butterfly wings. Yeah, that was. A there were butterflies in. Did Titanic? I miss? Did I miss that scene? Did James Cameron cut that out? What CGI. Uh, Titanic on shrooms. You know it's coming out again, eh? <laughs> Titanic. Really? In three D. Ooh. 
Yeah. Mm. Overseen by James Cameron himself. Everyone's all got a big heart on for how good fucking He's calling Lion it 2.90 King. because he says that all the, the post... That's how much it costs? No, no. He's saying all the post-3D stuff that's ever been done outside of Avatar and stuff that's actually been sh- filmed in 3D, he's calling it 2.5D because it's not really 3D because it's Whoa. kind of like paper layers, right? Yeah. And so he, he says 2.90. that... He says Titanic is 2.90 d because see, they, they went through it very meticulously to make sure that there's a lot of depth in every shot and not just like face and background face <laughs> and back did you see clash of the titans yeah quite possibly one of the worst conversions but anyway well that's why conversion so but like i said everyone's got a big heart on because what did lion king make i but didn't no, even it, care everyone, that it was in 3d i just wanted to see it again and that i think that was the just of what everyone <laughs> got like they wanted to go for nostalgia i really like a Disney movie and that's coming out in uh in the first part of oh the did it have 12. the preview on lion king no, they just said that uh, and then Aladdin's like, coming out. Oh, then, what was the other it'll one? It'll be their big four because they've got four big movies that were their big blockbusters. There was Aladdin, The Lion King, Lion King, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, that's the other one, yeah. Yeah, The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Those oh, were their, yeah, I forgot about those were their Oscar contenders. That was my first movie I saw in the front row. Really? As a kid, yeah. Uh, first movie I saw in Canada in the theater was Land Before Time. So I think sad. I remember seeing The Lion King. <laughs> so sad. I remember seeing The Lion King in theater. I think that How They Killed Sharptooth? That was depressing. Poor Sharptooth. Sharp Didn't they make him drown because he couldn't swim? <laughs> yeah, they drowned Sharptooth. Those little bastard children <laughs> drowned Sharptooth. <laughs> okay, so here's some numbers. When he thinks lo- that rock is his mom. I know. Yeah, I know. He thinks the rock's his mom? Yeah, yeah, because he gets separated from... Well, his mother dies, right? Because Sharptooth eats her. And then he's, like, abandoned because he he gets separated from the herd. And he sees what he thinks is his mother, and he's running to her. And it's actually a stone that looks like a long neck. But then he oh, gets a right. tree star and all is well. Yeah, the tree star. <laughs> <laughs> the tree star. Tree star. Okay, we got a total of, yeah, like 225, sorry, 225 million they made on the re-release. Wow. Which brings the total up from a... What was it competing against, though, really? Like, what what else was out for kids' movies? It was only out for a uh, one-month run. Uh, 45 million was the budget. It is now just shy of $1 billion. Uh, I almost missed it, and, like, I was having an anxiety attack. Um, We went to the theater, because we were doing 39 steps at Keanu that weekend, Mm -hmm. and it was the final weekend, and so... uh, some of the cast and I just made it the biggest priority in life to go see Lion King. <laughs> it was the best day. The best Sunday I've had in, like, one year. But see, it's it's that, like, Aladdin, I'll be the first Lion because I want to show all these movies to Kingston and mm. Disney's... Yeah. How did he like Lion King? He, he keeps... Uh, he, he can't really sit through the full, the full like, 95 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So it gets a little rough towards the end, but the first part really captures attention, but I think this was the first movie, like, a musical, mm-hmm. because when they did I Just Can't Wait to Be King, like, they did the intro for, like, the, the Circle of Life, mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, it's the intro, it's, like, opening credits. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't really pay attention to that, but when they did the, like, he's watching, he's watching it, and then they did the Just Can't Wait to Be King, which I love that song, mm-hmm. he was just ecstatic, right? So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cute. It brought me back to, like, why don't they ever do musical? Like, why doesn't they ever do this in movies anymore? Well, I think what happened was uh, Pixar happened because what, ha- what 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 they ha- just do straight film now. Like, well, no, what happened was like I remember this because what happened was uh, Pixar started making movies and they were competing against the the, the Disney ones in a yeah. way, right? And even though Disney was actually, you know, they were the the ones that were uh, backing Pixar at the time. Mm. And what happened was um, I remember it was uh, Atlantis was the last one, and it was Atlantis was a big deal because Atlantis was their first Disney animated non musical movie, right? Yeah, I think and you're it right. bombed because yeah, they had those little ships. Yeah. I remember that now. It was like the underwater city. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Well, what is that the one with the submarine? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't even know. It was it's Michael a, J. Fox actually. 
But you're right, it did bomb completely. Mm. Well, this one, like Lion King, it was really cool watching the Blu-ray, actually. I, for some reason, I'm into big special features all of a sudden. Mm. And I'm watching <laughs> interviews with like Nathan Lane and uh, Matthew Broderick. And they're talking with like one of the Disney execs at the time who doesn't work for Disney anymore. So mm. they're being pretty fucking candid because they don't work for the company mm. anymore. And I'm surprised they put the film on. They thought the movie would fail. Oh, really? They actually, they didn't think it would do that good. They said $45 million at the time was a huge budget. They had to go through, the, like, they were in Africa. They were trying to get all, like, the realism down. And they're like, I'm this sorry, is going to fail. Matthew Broderick? Uh, Who did he play? Uh, he played the voice of adult older Simba. Older Simba. Oh, adult. But, uh, okay. Hot Simba. Yeah, but both of Hot Simba. But when he sang on both old and young. <laughs> that one bang? Was the, uh, it was the, uh, <laughs> it was the guy. We're talking about cats. You know that, right? <laughs> <Rawr>. <laughs> It was like, uh, and the guy at Home Improvement was the young Simba, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that but was a big deal. They didn't sing. None of them. That wasn't. Yeah, yeah. JTT's part was actually sung. Did by you know girl. that? Um, uh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, this you know what's awesome though. Bullshit. I'm gonna blow your mind. DJ's boyfriend from Full House was Aladdin. Whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whoa. Do you remember J- DJ uh, DJ uh, Tanner, her boyfriend, the the kind of jockish guy? Mm-hmm. He was a lot. If you watch, have if you like watch so uh, full, well, no, he was the consistent one, right? And uh, if you watch Full House and watch his stuff again, you're just like, yeah. it's Aladdin's voice. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's Weird. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. But see, like that's what I want. Like, and like I said, Disney's vault was shitty because how they put these movies away. Like, I want King Kingston vault. to see these movies, and yeah. I guess it's smart because no, well, the re-releasing on Blu-ray. Listen, well, look, it, it just made it's, such it's, a fucking huge amount of money, right? Yeah, that's why I'm just waiting for like. Li- the Do you know why though? Right, they put them in the vault though. It's because it's celluloid, right? It will degrade with time. And the idea is that a master copy is kept in the vault. So whenever they'd want to do a re-release on DVD or whatever, they literally have to bring it out and do another transfer. They just unless pull they do it a transfer, out of a transfer. Hand. I did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like frozen to him. <laughs> I, I was going to say I didn't think it was an actual vault. I thought it was just like yeah. a well, it's a storage. It's a storage facility where they keep them in. in <laughs> it was under the Magic Kingdom in LA, or yeah. <laughs> like just exactly cryogenic slab in a Nazi laboratory. <laughs> yes. Well, they also keep corn seeds there. Yeah, and uh, what, what, what is that? What is that song? Um, Songs of the South. They keep <laughs> that movie in, deep in the vault. No one's seen that one since it came out originally. What was Does it? that? Have zippity doo Yes, zippity doo. Is that the one where he's like uh, hyping up? The it's live action and animation, which was pretty astounding. And unfortunately, the racial tones really destroyed <laughs> that movie because they, 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 it's about a, a black rabbit, it, and and he works. Well, he lives in a cotton field with like uh, a slave. And he's friends with white kids, but the you know he he it's really weird because there's black characters in it, and you know they're all put in their place throughout the plot, right? So it's very racist. So how did how do people know about this? Like because it, it came out. Oh, so it wasn't like, released eventually. up until like I think like the seventies. It was okay, and then finally someone's like, "This isn't okay anymore." And so like <laughs> Disney like pulled it back. <laughs> when they put the guy on the cross. Yeah, Zippy Doo is considered a very famous song, right? Everybody knows it. Except for the fact that everyone knows... They uh, can't trace it back exa- to yeah, a lot of A lot of kids will listen. Where'd this come from? Yeah. <laughs> Scene deleted. Shit. Yeah, it's about a slave happy to go to work. Well, hey. There's a little bluebird. I remember the little... I remember the little bluebird now as soon as you said that. Yeah. They actually, they got a game... Because uh, I always want to take Kingston Disneyland, but I'm in this thing where I don't think you should go until they're above like 10. Just so they don't remember it, and I don't want to ride Just the when teacups. They can be real yeah, because I've heard a lot of people that go to Disneyland, and they're like, "I was really little," and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, how could you well, get Disneyland?" Well, it's because Connect. There's now a game out for Connect where it's Disneyland. I'll see. You what? walk through Disneyland, and then you like you can go into a ride, and then you play the ride. That's like on the Connect. 
So I'm wow. going to get that for Kingston for Christmas. So. Mm. That's kind of cool. I don't know why in my head I'm like, don't, I shouldn't say that on a podcast. I don't think Kingston's a regular listener. <laughs> <laughs> Kingston <So>. earmuffs. <laughs> yeah, earmuffs, Mitch Kingston. Uh, so um, I guess. But no, like, I thought that was like, now it's just getting to a point where you ever want to see Rome? Rome for Connect. <laughs> you can go Pretty see much. all the fucking attractions from the comfort of your own house. I have Connect. Yeah? How do you like it? it? I don't play it. He's got to connect. It's weird. It watches the me. The first time I played the... On. Yeah, I know. It is kind of creepy. Eh? They'll start moving around. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have power to the Xbox right now. Turn <laughs> off. The first time I uh, I was tinkering with it, uh, you were online, remember? And you were just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, wh- <laughs> I want to know who was over that day. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was Meg. What happened was we were we were on the Xbox, and then you messaged me. And you're like... Because I didn't know I'm you just trying to... I was and he just turned, installing it. he turns it. it on, and this guy's like... He's wearing like... You were shirtless and I wearing just, shorts. Yeah. And, and like the, the, the image comes on the screen, and Meg's like, Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> All I hear in the background is just like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the focus today is uh, Misty. Um, oh right! It yes, is? we do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so, as, as, as I, exactly as I said, uh, Misty is our guest uh, today. Um, actually, I think uh, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, Misty, can you can you tell us uh, what Events with Buffalo is and what their role in the community is? Uh, Events with Buffalo is a nonprofit organization that exists to um, cultivate. Uh, the celebration of cultural activities within Wood Buffalo. So we try and include all of the um, rural communities. Um, let's see if I can name them all. I'll win an award here. All right. So we have the city of Fort McMurray, which is within the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo, which uh, is our biggest target market. But we also work with uh, Fort Mackay, Fort Chippewan. Uh, I know there's Fort... Fitzgerald way up there. Yep. We haven't connected that far yet, but maybe our sled dog race will <laughs> go there. There. You there. There you go. I won't go. But uh, and then there's Janvier, Conklin, Sapre Creek, uh, Gregoire Lake Estates, and Anzac and Draper and Draper. There's yeah. ten. Uh, yeah. There's ten communities that make up yeah, the part of the region, and then once you get out of that area, you're basically in Wandering River. It's funny because yeah. I'm listening to some headphones, and for a second there, or I actually thought we were on like like uh, Mix 103.7 or something. Misty, tell us what events with <laughs> Buffalo. Is tell so us what you really feel about events. So yeah, no. Um, so Edmonton. Uh, so p- our, our listeners from Edmonton and other parts. I mean, the, essentially, yeah, it's a regional municipality because of the fact that it's a lot of smaller communities, right? So we get federal funding. For, as a group, as a mm-hmm. lump sum, right? So is that uh, where the money Buffalo comes from? Functions. Who funds events with Buffalo? Well, we have. Uh, I mean, we have a. Our funding model consists mainly of um, Alberta Foundation for the Arts heavily funds us. Hey, yeah. so I, I noticed there was just a. I noticed there was just an article that uh, the uh, Harper's government. Yeah, a huge so, influx. So we we apply for. So we. Okay, let's go back to the start. There's Alberta Foundation <laughs> for the Arts. Uh, the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo funds us. Um, there's a program within the regional municipality which is called Wood Buffalo Big Spirit. Um, and our is that actually that's grants of money like yeah, from the city? Uh, yeah. Oh wow, I didn't yes. know that. They so give, they give us operational grants <laughs> with money, with money signs, signs on, on them. them. Yeah, so we get operational grants from them to um, create events and and execute events and. Uh, and then we seek sponsorship all year long in various other grants. So, yeah, we just got um, the Building Communities Through Arts and Heritage Grant for Winter Play. They give play. you quite a few, actually, from what I read. Yep. 
Yeah, that's good. So it's it's great. I mean, we six seven eight weeks ago we sat down at the table to plan the Santa Claus parade, and it was Misty. You have this dollar amount that you need to get sponsorship for and go to the north pole and get santa (laughs) i was a little bit nervous to be honest it was pretty high it was high uh it's really high and you know the santa claus parade is it's a touchy-feely event so we're Mm -hmm. not really sure if sponsors want to want to be on board um but once you it's um, all about how you sell once you guilt them into making children show up at the meeting with just like a little mrs claus outfit okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's the talk? Uh, I was actually going to ask. In terms of like, do, do we have like a designated Santa for the city? Uh, actually, there are about three or four people in what? the community. There's, not, that there's play. more than one Santa. Is that yeah. what you're telling me? Are you no, fighting actually, with them all? We we take our sled dogs and we go get Santa yeah. from the North Pole. And we bring <laughs> do, him down. So, uh, I for when because like, I've seen some realistic looking Santas in my day, and I'm like, do they get paid to like just look like Santa all year? Well, it's funny. You Does say that it pay to look like Santa all year, though? Uh-huh. Like, if you talk to the any of the four individuals that I know that have been like begging me to be Santa, oh wow, it's a competition. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, they they have tons of backstories and history on how legit they are and why they. So it's actually Santa. like a resume. Holy yeah. Shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely it's the Santa, you know, Santa Claus that movie with Tim Allen based on my life. <laughs> I used to be a lawyer. <laughs> I love cookies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I eat cookies constantly. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. I think the only real resume thing that you should put there is like I have never been convicted for child <laughs> anything. <laughs> I think that I, would be a qualification. Well, no. How would you? Ju- how would you like if you had four people that say I want to become Santa Claus? Just in general. I, I don't know. How do you differentiate? I just find it odd that people would put so much thought into such a decision. But I suppose well, you gotta start making event. yourself. Like you gotta start gaining weight, dyeing your beard white. I'm guessing. Well, unless the guy's already big, though. Well, okay. So then you gotta maintain weight, and then the beard thing. I think is what'll be the kicker. Well, I think if like people compare me to Sandra Bullock, and if I was her, like if really? I worked mm-hmm. as her stunt double or her body double, mm-hmm. you know, I can sort of see it. You have to yeah maintain, maintain it, the appearance, that, yeah, that appearance. And so I think being told that you look like Santa and you have worked as Santa before, then obviously 365 days. Don't later, I look that like Santa? To you. About. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> no resume, just look. Who's next? <laughs> oh my god, that's well. No, the Santa Claus parade's coming up, and actually, that's always one thing I like to take to the, the, the little one too. He always has a good time. What's the weather it, forecast for it? Uh, cold. Uh, anyway, go on. <laughs> I, I see your guys' route. It's actually a new route this year, and actually looks it makes sense. It looks pretty good. Have this is, stage yeah. on one side there. Well, we switched it to the opposite side End of Franklin. Of Franklin. Um, Mainly because we are taking over the Lights of Christmas event, which happens at Doug McCray Park in Keanu. Um, oh, so that's going to be another event with Buffalo. Yeah, okay. so so that event is happening um, an hour before the parade starts, and then we flip the big light switch, and the choreographed light show happens. Nice. Get it closer. Um, and so there you go. what we want is we want the parade to pass by that event. Um, cool. Yeah, so it all kind of works out hand in hand. And actually, old fashioned Christmas is happening down the street at Heritage, at Heritage Park. Park. So yeah. it's it's what's well, old fashioned Christmas? <laughs> it's Christmas in Heritage Park. Oh, okay, so oh, okay, so I think they do like sleigh rides and Peter Pond once tried to kill Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where all the kids got to gather around and fight for like the one gift. He traded the reindeers for pretty much. <laughs> we, I, he's like, we used to eat reindeer. This is gonna be old fashioned. I thought they Christmas. smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> 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 you ever get high inside a reindeer? <laughs> it's 
please don't bring Family Guy jokes into this. <laughs> it was actually not Family Guy. Oh, oh well. Get your shit right. Sorry. Well, no, uh, that looks the Santa Claus parade looks really cool, and like that, that's like the last event for you guys. Should register a float YMM podcast <laughs> float. That's not a bad Seriously, idea. you can just walk with a banner. Just us podcasting. That, that constitutes a float? And do I do yeah, no, like a queen wave? Yes. No, you can register <laughs> animals. People. People. You know what you guys need is the <laughs> commentators. <laughs> just like, riding a horse. <laughs> no, that's it. Commentator. Like, you guys need commentators. Don't they look like wonderful? Yes. yes, commentators. Kind of like the New York style. That's what we can do, right? We can like commentate on Day people parade. as they come That'd through. That would be great. Please do this. <laughs> it, that, it's this weekend? Yeah, you're hired. <laughs> we get, but see, we'd I will to, fill in for you. We'd have Todd, to, Todd should go. We'd have to do it our way, though. That's the thing, right? Where everybody would get judged. <laughs> and, I won't tell any and, of our sponsors. Fun <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Boys and Girls Club Parade. Well, when that's is just Saturday? no fucking effort. Saturday. Saturday night. Shit. I'm actually here Friday, too, during the day, but I, I'm going to be gone Saturday. I don't think she was serious. We need you to play us. Kathy Lee Gifford. Come on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I brought my own mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking because like what because they had the big uh, what was today? I think Toronto had their big Santa Claus parade today, oh, and okay. it was just like all over the news and shit. Oh, they're jumping the gun. I always watch the Disney one on Christmas Day. I think is when's the Macy's on. Day one? It, that's 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 the Thanksgiving Day parade. I think yeah, they, but that one's the one going to Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be it's Thanksgiving, so that'd be this weekend. That's the one that Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, love that. I didn't like the color tones of the of the of the uh, Home Alone. remake. Home, yeah, that's, that's a good one actually. Yeah, Chris actually. Columbus. Yeah. Is that Chris Columbus or Howard it, Hughes? No, it's Chris or uh, J- John Hughes. Hughes. Did it's the third it's one, definitely didn't he? Howard Hughes. John Hughes did not do Home Alone three. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I want to say John Hughes for Home Alone. I thought it was Columbus. I'm. Quite positive, actually. Oh, look at him! Yeah, here we go. What? It feels like a John Hughes movie, actually. Home Alone. I Kevin, totally you're f- such a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forget that that's actually a. Um, that that's a actually movie? yeah. Who directed it? Yeah, no, it? that to me just warms my heart strings. Columbus. Yeah. Boom. Produced by John Hughes. Ah, uh, uh, there you so go. So who did number two then? Uh, it doesn't link it very easily. Oh well. Um. How much booze did you put in this drink? Why? She's got to be able to drive. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm just looking at the bottle now. (laughs) (laughs) Wasted. It's been a long time since I mixed a lot of Um, (laughs) We want the truth to come out. This is the YMN podcast. You're you're finally on the show Um, now. So, wait, wait, hang on. So, favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone. That's a good one. What's yours? As as made fun of as I'll probably be, but I really like the classic uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like, the actual... It's not bad. I like, oh, yeah. I like Chuck Dude. Jones. Chuck Jones is a good animator. I like the Rudolph. Like the, the actual uh, yeah. cl- claymation the ones? ones? Yeah. <laughs> because uh. I love Burl Ives. Silver and gold. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Oh, and also another thing about Misty, everyone should know, is you're going to be in Chicago. Oh, yes. I just enjoyed Chicago. that singing. I just enjoyed that singing. That was a... Are you doing a <laughs> cell, ta- uh, cell block tango? I'm not. Ah. Oh! I didn't make the cut. I'm a shitty dancer, let me tell you. Who are you playing? (laughs) (laughs) I am playing that chick in the female ensemble. Ah, okay. The one that doesn't dance. Dead body number two. You just walk by, I guess. The funny thing is, is like, you get into ensemble, and (laughs) you actually have to dance more than anyone in the show. Like, you dance more than the leads in the ensemble. Because you're going to be, yeah. So I'm scared. But so you're not going to be in, because I just love that fucking song. I, I know. I didn't. I didn't make the cut. I guess I'm not hot enough. Well, you know what? We're going to do uh, fucking Chicago, okay? What? <laughs> That's going to be the musical. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, oh, that. I mean, well, we need the rights. 
can we call it? You know, Fuck. getting rights for stuff, <laughs> using things with permission. I'm not Todd. familiar with those. Ter- I'm not familiar with those terms. <laughs> anyway, we did it for film fear. I don't know. I, I just I, I can't wait for Chicago. That was it's a great one of my favorite musicals. Yeah, great segue. Uh, I do obviously support Keanu Theater uh, a great deal, and uh, people should really buy their their tickets now. Chicago is going to sell out. When is sure. it going to be? So we open uh, February seventeenth, and we close February twenty fifth. Um, but so, but Keanu's not doing anything with Matt with Macbeth, so that's the group coming in, right? Yeah, so that's Aqualith. It's kind of weird. Um, well, what we usually do is in the past we've brought in um, collaborations from Catalyst Theater. Uh, this year we went a different direction and we're bringing in Aquila, so it should be because that's actually the touring branch of Shakespeare of the World's <laughs> Theater, isn't it? Yeah, I mean we're terrified, Claude. Why? Claude Giroux announced the theater season last April on stage, and he uh, on the he curtain said the raiser. Word. He said yeah, the word. He said Macbeth. Yep. What? I don't even. I won't even oh, say it did? on the podcast. <laughs> oh. I'll say it. Fuck it. <laughs> like I won't be here. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll just be running out the back door and spitting on the ground three times. Yeah. Uh, ah, fuck uh, it. Don't be superstitious. Yeah, I think it's gonna go. It's Macbeth has always been one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, and Chicago has always been one of my musicals. Uh, we even t- it's on like the third or fourth episode where you hear me. Actually, I went to the curtain raiser with Family yeah. Opera, and I got excited. Did you for see the me fucking there? Lineup. I had no clue who you were until August of this last year. Okay, I was the one in the red. Um, oh yes, red bodysuit with the white feathers. I probably did see you. I was just like, holy shit, that chick's hot, and yeah. then just left. She, she is. Well, no, they she had the, there was a group of them that was. It's the curtain raiser, so it's a yeah, big. Yeah, no, I uh, understand. Okay, well, no, there, there was a bunch of servers serving drinks, me. and they're yeah, looking like a total babe. And there oh, was nice. a, and there was a group of them, and I remember commenting because I went with Don, and I was just like, wow, a lot of these chicks are really hot, so. There you go. Yeah, we get hired to look good sometimes. Nice. And then we. Is don't. there going to be a curtain raiser again this year? Yes. And yes, it's going it's to be coming up. Uh, it's March. Any announcements? Announcements. One podcast. It's March. I can't reveal all the secrets, but uh, we're bringing in a. I'll cut it out. We're bringing in a <laughs> historical group that uh, you know provides entertainment to the masses. So Chippendale Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> so much paint. <laughs> Well, no, like the Family of the Opera last year I thought was really good. It's one of the things, though, that I always had to coach people afterwards because they're like, what the hell? They're like, There was none of the music in there. Right. I'm like, Family of the Opera, the Andrew Lloyd Webber version, was not the original Family yeah. of the Opera. Mm-hmm. That was his take on that story, right? Mm-hmm. This one, well, it, to me, there's a few parts that got kind of weird, but it was really good. It was based on the original 20 silent film. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. My, my friend Don would even love it, like, loved it 10 well, times I mean, more it was, than I did. Right? It was a, a legit multimedia production, and uh, I think there was definitely people who didn't quite comprehend what was happening. They, expected, they, were, they wanted to hear yes. uh, uh, Where's the, the chandelier? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why isn't it falling on me? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Phantom of the Opera actually in New York. Me too. Um, I was in the back row. Like, I literally was touching the back wall. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I mean, it... Uh, Which version did you see? How late, how how long ago was it? Like, two, five years ago. Two, five years ago? <laughs> so, did you see, like... five years ago. They, did you see the intro? Like, the... What was your intro? Was your intro the chandelier going up? Or was it the other one where they start talking about the toy? Oh, God. I don't even remember. Yeah, because there's two. Because I didn't know. I went to... Uh, we were in New York with my mom and... Uh, my girlfriend at the time and because she saw it when it toured around a couple of years ago and she yeah. was right in love with it she's like we're mm-hmm. going to go see Phantom of the Opera Sorry, was go so to for this bored one. by this conversation <laughs> good god and we went there to chime in and all I remember all I remember is sitting there and this it focuses on this toy that I bought but Kingston destroyed uh, this clapping this clap monkey yep. oh and yeah that was that the focus of it and all I that remember was Eric's toy 
Yes. And all yeah. I remember hearing my mom's goes, what the hell is, like she said it loud, what the hell is this? Where's the <laughs> chandelier? Everyone's Choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I didn't turn the page, I didn't turn the page. Because apparently did, the old uh, one Andrew is Lloyd Webber uh, wrote a sequel, actually, that uh, I think it underperformed. But yeah, he, he wrote a sequel to The Phantom of the Opera. And it came out, I think, two years ago. Mm. And it had a very limited run. It didn't do well. Really? Apparently. Yeah. It takes place in a circus. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing, like, speaking of Keanu, like, I've been really, I've always, like, I loved it ever since, I think the first one I saw on stage was Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. back when I was still in high school. And that was my first, like, stage experience, and mm-hmm. it's something I've been very fascinated by. It's, that's and all that's, I want to do in life. Well, that's, uh, when I tell people, like, I want to go see stuff on stage, like, I used to take my mom, for, and I still will, like, because no one ever would go with me from my group from high school. Yeah. Like we're all a little older now, and everyone's just. I'm, I use it as a, a pretty good date thing. I'm like, oh, let's go check out the theater. But no, cause I've always loved it. Have you like, seen that South Park ladies episode? Ladies, man. What? Have you seen that South Park episode? No? No. About the theater? Oh, no. yeah, you should watch it. Well, it's, it's really a, funny. You what? can't just leave me at that. Uh, it's a, uh, um, theater is like. it's. It, they portray Andrew Lloyd Webber and all these comp- all these guys that write write plays and stuff as actual bros nice. not not artistic guys <laughs> and they write theater as subliminal messaging to women <laughs> to give their men blowjobs <laughs> yes. and it's funny because you, you watch the musical and like it, they're doing the chorus and they're like blowjobs wow <laughs> well no like uh, ever since I watched because we had to go to watch Jesus Christ Superstar to get I think extra credit for a religion class in Merck <laughs> well no I'm that's not kidding you like how it was like you. but no and so I went to it I fucking loved it and that's when I started going to uh, the I've seen Hamlet uh, at the Citadel which the Citadel in Edmonton is absolutely incredible I was dying to go see Rocky Horror this year and I didn't have a chance good. I'm hoping really good. to God oh. Keanu puts it off again I know they did it a couple of years ago but yeah with Terry Mort it was um but no, and I think Cano Theater putting off these the, their series and, of course, all the other stuff. I think Studio 99 does some stuff, yep, too. Yep, Studio 99 is the VPA students. They do. Nice. They do incredible work. And, like, this is definitely should be an attra- – well, I guess the, your number, your guys' numbers should be okay. Like, with the theater, like, usually it's a packed house every night or close to. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the musicals are a major draw for the year. Um, and then, of course, the Keanu Curtain Raiser fundraiser. Mm. Um, but, you know, we, we really encourage people to check out the – first and last shows of the season i think those ones are the harder sells oh really uh but we were really successful with with the first show this 39 steps i thought went by yeah it was amazing sucks when i work nights because i can't get to them did you see it no i was working nights and i couldn't get to them it was an amazing show i mean i was an assistant stage manager backstage and i did wardrobe and and makeup and stuff and it was it was really an exciting comedy to open the season with and I think it was not what people expected and it was fresh and and it was obviously hilarious and it's so oh my god I remember like and even in high school like theater was so fucking hard like in the sense of like like a, I I like shooting movies because of the fact that like you're shooting stuff mm-hmm. and then all of that performance can be manipulated exactly in post. thus but, podcast but right? like frig <laughs> man like I remember doing that Shit high school live night. yeah yeah that, like and to be able to nail it every night I remember when we did uh we did arsenic and old lace and I played um. Teddy, I played the eccentric brother, Ooh. and I froze on stage at one point. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was during the second performance, and it's just because like I was thinking about something else at the time, mm-hmm. yeah, and my focus. cue came up, and then it was like, bang, and it's like, 
uh, it's like memory file not found. Four oh four. Where's the yeah. script? And well, so yeah. One thing like I would love to have my knowledge and my taste now and take them back to high school because like I was in the crowd where it was too cool to do drama. It was oh, yeah. too cool to do shit like that, yeah. and I totally fucking. Regret what were you? That what were you cool it. enough to do? Listen to Limp Bizkit. <laughs> you keep bringing that, that really up. Cool? Every <laughs> what year did you grad? Uh, two thousand two. See, you grad up here. Just admitted my real age. Jesus. Well, so you're just as old as we are. Mm. I'm, I'm older than young. you. Guys. I'm 2001. I'm just, yeah, just as young as you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're youngins. I was held back though. That's the thing. Like I, I, I was the oldest in my grad class. Cause held back because you were too smart. Way too smart. <laughs> way I could have advanced. My mom didn't let me Someone advance. Someone slow that kid down. <laughs> <laughs> He's way <laughs> too out of the top. <laughs> I could have skipped grade four, and my mom was like, "She won't make any friends." But then she made me go to eighteen different elementary schools anyway. So it's uh, like, I didn't well, that's I'm an army brat, so like we kept moving. Yeah, like preschool. Yeah, there. I just said what I got held back as is kindergarten. Mine <laughs> was literally consistent. they weren't. Uh, they weren't like Ontario kindergarten. Like wasn't the same as mm-hmm. uh, Halifax or like yeah. uh, New- Nova Scotia kindergarten. So like when I went to Halifax midway through the year, which my mom, I'm, I'm actually always still, changed. Now that I re- like I was, cons- I had consistency in school, and honestly, some of my friends that I have now are my friends from like ECS grade one. Mm. So see, and I would have like that's one thing I do miss. But like I've been up here since grade six, so like mm-hmm. I, I I went through the key years with the same with the same crowd. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing, like, I wish I would have got more involved in. I would love to do, like, and I guess I shouldn't, I, I wish I had that knowledge going back in high school, but I kind of wish everyone else did, because it would have made it a lot more fun. So were you way too cool the whole time? Well, no. Can't you see him? He's so cool. Well, no, like, I, I after grade 10, I was like, was like oh, God, I wanted to theater. Could you imagine the grade, uh, uh, like, a uh, seven-year-old Todd with that Totsky tattoo <laughs> on his arm, just walking around just school? <laughs> Flexing his biceps. You're a fucking dick. All day, every day. I shouldn't say that because I saw Jesus Christ Superstar in grade like, ten, and I went. Your parents and gave you that tattoo. It's a birthmark. That's right. So grade ten, grade, grade ten was the turning point for both of us. Well, no, oh Hamlet. I saw Hamlet on stage. That was my first one. And like, I don't want to call Keanu. I don't want to call Keanu not, mm-hmm. but the Citadel's a bigger theater, a, a yeah. bigger setting. I guess it yeah. is right. So I saw Hamlet. Uh, in the Citadel and the reason why I went to it is because we were studying it in grade 12 and yeah. I remember I was down there with all my group of friends in Edmonton for the weekend and none of them went right. I was the only one that would go so yeah. I guess I kind of was I did have that back in high school I just wish I was more involved in it like we kind of are now but There's even so many it, ways to be involved that's the thing people it's, don't and it's never it's too like late I mean you're still young well yeah but like I said like uh, I was telling Misty earlier like I just can't see myself doing high stepping musicals on stage no, I'd much rather direct and design a fucking play myself, right? But that requires a lot of experience and talent as well, though, right? You can't just jump into those things. The idea is to my whole life. I just leaped into the. But, deep but end the thing play. is, the idea is you wanna you wanna uh, learn from people, right? And oh like, no, exactly. Yeah, getting yeah. getting involved at any level, you start observing what other people do, that's and that's how you learn. Well, what I want to do, uh, be it with the podcast, I me and you, are, uh, what I want to put the podcast name to it is: Do you guys still have uh, sponsorships for plays? Yeah, I want to do that. I want like to have uh, one that we do. Like we can pick one. Before. How's it work again? I remember reading it online. You pick one, and then you just. I know it's. Well, we're, I think, I think Keanu might be. But she's like, you can just give me the. Money. <laughs> <laughs> give me the money, and I will make I'll things put happen. Your name on it. <laughs> Where is your logo? But uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I want to uh, sponsor a play one one of these years and just. I don't know. We're allowed, we're yeah, allowed like permission theater to do angels this. Or well, I'm just telling you. That's, we're right. allowed backstage or something. Yeah, theater angels. That's what it's called. Yeah. You're right. allowed backstage. 
<laughs> just walking over the change and better. stuff like that. We're here. <laughs> Who the fuck is this jackass in a yeah, jersey? <laughs> Tell me what to do. One time we told ourselves we had permission, so here we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times. I don't know. A feeder angel. That's what I. That's yeah. what I thought, and I think that's just I don't know a way to start it up. I, I don't that's know. I just, to be honest, like as much as I like to get involved, I do like sitting there and watch. I, I do like watching this yeah. shit on stage, right? I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely incredible. Well, it'd be cool is if we could like actually like start like uh, not just that, but like if we start doing way more shorts right here in Fort oh, Murray, yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, and get other people to do shorts in Fort Murray, we could actually do like rent out the Keanu Theater or whatever, and like have like a net of Fort Murray shorts, right? Well, oh, yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you that too. So what? we're not. I th- oh, I thought we were um, premiering our. We a can. short film today I can't know Today I can no. yeah. <laughs> Tonight Well whenever it's ready Right in the middle of the intermission for Chicago Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Watch Watch the Oaks in S- See the girl on yeah. the left on the right on the Huge ensemble text um, <laughs> <laughs> She was in a short film once <laughs> Here it is uh, Well it's it, Well the idea is to submit it to Metro And if they accept it It'll be screened there But then uh, the next venue I guess it all depends what's going on with uh, YMM Podcast of what we're doing in the new year But I'm sure we'll have a we venue. Got, we got yeah, so plans. You, well, it will obviously be It won't just sit on my computer. Festival. Trust me. Well, I, <laughs> Tito just has all kinds of shit. He just fucking It's going to be at Interplay, I've decided. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, great. Well, I was going to ask like, you. <laughs> winner, best <laughs> movie, <laughs> me. <laughs> just jumps off stage and grabs the chair. We got the awards, Missy, but we're missing <laughs> best actress. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, what did you, like, you didn't probably have a clue who the hell we were until Claude gave you... Or I don't. Maybe it was me that emailed no, you first. No, I think you guys. Think, I think you guys posted on my Facebook too many times, and I was like, "Who the hell are you? Stay off yeah. my Facebook." Oh, that's what she called us. When she <laughs> well, that, that's what you did because you were like, pro- "You started uh, when we started." Holy promoting. shit! You quick. Yeah. That's what you did, Todd. No, actually, I think it was hey, you. Hey, no, when we started promoting. I'm all remember? about oh, yeah, promo, yeah, yeah, right. but yeah. you guys were like harsh promo, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need room. I need like I need no, time." No, all of our room. <laughs> so <laughs> well, yeah, was that the I first re- time you even like? Wasn't that like two weeks before the event? And you didn't know anything about it prior. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember sending you a pretty stiff email saying, "Could you stay off the Facebook page for like a day? Because I need some time no. to catch up with Kiss." Thanks. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, that was. I remember the voicemail you left me. I just missed you. We're developing a what was it? You're like twelve I million am the people or something. Communications and development director at Events with Buffalo, and I would highly appreciate it if you could just not post on our Facebook. Yeah, page. there you go. I think that's exactly don't tag what us. Don't mention us. Completely. We don't know you. Know what, you. Just sit there and <laughs> shut up. Who are you? <laughs> That's awesome. And why are you guys involved with Interplay? I don't no, know listen, you, you guys You guys did a great thing with, with the Interplay Film Festival, and we're happy to have it back. We got lots planned. We got lots on the ball. Mm-hmm. What, comes after, what comes after New Year's? Winterplay. Winterplay, yes. Winterplay. And uh, we're, we're talking We're talking <laughs> with uh, Events with Buffalo about doing something cool for, in, uh, for Winterplay. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tap snows <laughs> thusly. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So for YMM Podcast, I am Totsky. I'm Tito. We'll see you next set. YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Fuck. (laughs) 